podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This episode of the Misery Hunters podcast is brought to you by Teardrop Gin. Teardrop Gin is a local submarine supporting family business based here in Paisley. The latest batch is available to order now at teardropgin.co.uk and during lockdown they are offering free local delivery throughout Remshire and Barhead. Order by midnight and it will be delivered the next day. UK wide shipping is also available. This is the perfect gift for someone. Take advantage of the free local next day delivery and give it to someone special. Handwritten gift messages are available on request to add that personal touch. Head to teardropgin.co.uk. That is teardropgin.co.uk. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me today is Mark Jarden. Alright. Craig Devine. Good evening. And Sam Smith. Alright. Ross isn't with us again. Um, we asked him why, said something about Gina Carano only taught, telling facts and cancelled Disney or something. But uh, <laughs> not not quite sure what he was talking about. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to the football. Uh, well, first thing we can let's talk about is actually a bit of good news and Jim Goodwin has signed a three-year deal uh, so Sam we'll go to you for thoughts on that uh, No, personally I'm delighted with it I think it's a really good bit of business it protects us as well if uh, your likes of Aberdeen etc your manager comes in the summer it gives us a bit of protection as well but now overall if uh, with the way he's speaking it looks as if he's kind of planning to be here for the next three or four years so uh, it's just really good that we've managed to get him signed up. Uh, there's been an obvious improvement on the part this season. I think last season was obviously a bit of a slog at times, but you know the league performance and where we are in the league currently sitting six doesn't really lie getting to semi-finals, beating the likes of Rangers and Celtics. The recruitment's obviously improved big time as well, so nah, I'm delighted to see him stay in. I couldn't have been any happier when I got the email through to say it. I think that's probably one of the best emails we've received like, in a Aye. long, long time. It's a nice email, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's awful nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd echo that. No, it's just it's great to see a wee bit of forward planning for the club and I think when uh, the summer comes around, that's going to be about the, the third season in a row that Goodwin will have been in charge. And I think, how long has it been since we've had a manager in place for, since you know, that, three straight seasons? Danny Lennon. Lennon. Danny Lennon, I, we all know how that ended. <laughs> shouldn't have sacked him. <laughs> it's not that we shouldn't have sacked him, we shouldn't have gave Tommy Craig the job. God. <laughs> Um, Danny Lennon should still be the summer manager and I will die on that hill what a man COVID, COVID wouldn't have happened if Sutman never got rid of Danny Lennon <laughs> who's got better here happened. is it Danny Lennon or is it Jim Goodwin Jim Goodwin I know they're both silver foxes now but Jim Goodwin has it to a T while Danny Lennon looks like the kind of guy who uh, Glastonbury's telling you that like soap's bad for the environment or something <laughs> <laughs> Um, w- one of the g- good things, and I think Goodwin's also mentioned it himself, that he, while he's trying to get players to sign on contracts, it gives them a bit of confidence that, like, I've signed on for the long haul kind of thing. And we've seen that with so many players that we've signed that um, they've all kind of mentioned that Goodwin was the factor of why they've signed. It's the same reason, like, Brophy um, came to is like, he's really sold the club. So uh, the fact that he can even use it, look, they're investing in me in this project. They believe in what I'm doing and this is what I think we should be doing. And if the players are buying into that, then yeah, the longer the better. 
I think it's him putting his, his money where his mouth is as well. Like a lot of the talk, and I know we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but in the, the Q&A, a lot of what he was saying about trying to bring in younger, more ambitious players to the club who've got a bit of potential and have got a bit of grit about them on the basis that if you come here and have two good years on a three-year deal, then we'll sell you two years in mm-hmm. if it represents value for us because in order to get to that point, you'll have had to perform well for us and, and your career will be pushing on and we don't want you just to to come and sit here and I think Goodwin's Goodwin's backed up himself he's an ambitious guy I'm sure he doesn't want to be the summer manager in five years time or, mm-hmm. or whatever else that he wants to be pushing for that next step and I, I think that's our position as a club we've got to be we've got to be happy with someone who does it the right way doesn't doesn't jack rust things obviously but I think Goodwin's a sense of that conversation's a lot easier to have with players when you've done it yourself when you've said look I'm here so there's a bit of security I want there to be consistency and I want that to Mm-hmm. I want to use that time to help build the club up and show what I can do. And if I'm doing that and getting attention, then the players that are doing that will be getting it as well. So I think it just makes sense. It's mm-hmm. it's just well done by by the club. It's it's the right man to be at the, the helm. It's it's I think it's the right thing for Goodwin to do to repay the the backing that he's had this season as well from not just the not just the board for who's invested in, but for the fans buying their season tickets and coming out in number and, and doing what they have. It just it just makes sense across the board and kind of reflects, I think, the, the optimism all around the club just mm-hmm. There was always, he obviously, I think he mentioned in a few interviews as well about when he was part-time at Alloa and how much work that he was doing with um, like Alloa and he was part-time with like Cadbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I noticed in the half-time package and his wee interview thing when he was on the training ground taking notes, he was writing in uh, Cadbury's uh, notepad. So it's good to see that he, <laughs> he, he took a wee bit of Paisley with him and then ransacked their stationery before he left. <laughs> Um, He'll be the Aston Villa manager in five years, writing where we Paisley planned up in. <laughs> um, well, here as long if it says money, but some money. If it hates, <laughs> that's and money put together. If it saves some <laughs> money in the long run with him using stationery from elsewhere, all good. Um, you, you mentioned steal the stationery, just don't steal the players. Yeah, well, yeah, Jack Ross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, y- Mark, you mentioned the Q&A there and uh, you actually attended. We uh, were not clever enough to register for it in time uh, before it sold out. So uh, you can tell us some of the points from that. Yeah, I mean, I think Smyza did a, a good job anyway of, of trying to live tweet that um, and getting as much out as they can. So I would, if you haven't already, I would say go and read through their full Twitter feed because they, they covered it really well. But it was just a really optimistic way to spend an hour and a half, to be honest. Um, Goodwin just seems like so so front foot and, and proactive about things and he's he's not you know, I think a lot of what we've suffered for in the last you know five six years is just a kind of lack of preparation or no plan B you know the, the first thing happens like Alan Stubbs doesn't sign Anthony Stokes or whatever and suddenly like shit what are we doing next who's who's available who can we get to fly on a, on a you know to Spain at 24 hours notice to join pre-season and all that kind of stuff whereas we good when it just Sounds like that's not something we're ever going to have to to worry about, and he's he's very upfront um, as as well. So spoke at length about um, Jake Dalhazy's contract negotiations, and he, he didn't stick the the bit any talk at all. He just said like he's a talented guy, he's got an agent that recognises that. The advice that, that he's got is that you know if if he bides his time, he might well get some offers that that someone can't compete with, and that's the quality of player he is. To be fair. Um, but at the same time, we're not just going to leave the, the offer that we've made sitting. We have other targets 
Jake knows that. He knows that our contract that's there isn't going to be there forever. If he enjoys playing here, then you know I recommend he signs it. Otherwise, you know we're not going to miss out on our next target because we're waiting for him, which is exactly what you want to hear from. I imagine it doesn't sound like you kind of suffer any any fools at all or or be be caught out by by anything. Um, again, you can you can go through all the, the various different details. Um, some of the stuff that he said about the you know lack of reserve football this year and the impact that it had on the. The youth teams and, and some of the first team, you know, kind of French players fitness was was really interesting. Um, but he also went into a lot of detail about what they're trying to do to combat that. Um, I thought the one kind of high point was was the, the detail into talking about having followed Marcello Bielsa's training model at Leeds um, with regards to, to fitness, particularly like high intensity fitness, and then doing murder ball to, mm-hmm. to finish off on, on midweeks when we don't have a game where you're getting everyone in the squad and playing like 10-minute, 15-minute games in blocks where the ball's never out of play. So anytime the ball dies, one's thrown straight back in. And it's kept at a really, really high level by the coaches and said that's that's how you see guys like Christian Dennis, although it's you know it's not ended the way we want it to. But that's how a guy like that who's getting absolutely no football coming off the back of an injury in time without a club is able to come in and, and get to that kind of level. And I, I think but for some of the injuries that players have been carrying or have been really unlucky to get then I think it shows that you're not just hoping that guys get back to fitness that there's you know there's stuff in place there um, and the, I think he actually did I think Smyza did post the slides in the end but the, they finished it off with him taking kind of 10-15 minutes or so to go through something that he prepared for his interview when he when he first got the job that he ended up not having to do because he was offered the job and he, I don't think you'll have got the impact of that without having Listen to him talk to it, talk about it. Um, it might now be on YouTube actually, but it was it was just brilliant. It was just someone who absolutely gets the club and where it was when he when he got the job. He's someone who gets the town, he gets what the fans want, and he, he isn't paying lip service to it. Mm-hmm. The amount of detail that he went into about what he thought had to be done to make us more competitive, um, the the type of football that he was aspiring to to play, but being pragmatic and you know recognizing that you might not be able to do that until you've had time to bed in the, the kind of core of players and, and everything else and it just shows that I think most of the things that, that most level-headed fans have thought over the last couple of years about what he's trying to do he's been saying that for since he, before he got the job and I'm just so happy that it seems to be playing out for him mm-hmm. this season he's, he's someone that you're going to have a lot of goodwill for anyway because of the, the type of guy he is and his personality and what he did at the club as a player but just backs it all up it shows that you're not just kind of hoping that he does alright that he's He's kind of earned the earned the trust of the fans, I think, at this point. And there's going to be there's going to be weeks where we have a couple of disappointing draws, and or you know, um, you know, a couple of ugly draws, and, and could have done a bit better. But it is, does all seem to be in the kind of service of pushing us in a a positive direction. And, and I I don't imagine anyone would have come off that call other than the person who interrupted with their mic off to call Jamie Langfield an arsehole <laughs> <laughs> while Jim while Goodwin was talking which was was brilliant um, a lot of stunned faces on the the Zoom call I don't know if that will maybe have been cut out the YouTube recording of it but um, yeah I don't think anyone will have come off that call without you know a, a real sense of optimism about what not just this season you know we could finish seventh we could miss the top six by a couple of points and whatever but Next season, I think there's just as much reason to be optimistic as this season and two seasons down the line and was, was definitely what I took from it. I'm, I'll hold my hands up and say I'm a bit of a happy clapper at the best of times, but I, I think you'd have to be very cynical not to listen to, to, to Jim and, and Tony talk the other night and 
and not to come away kind of buying into the buying into the culture that they're building at the club. Mm-hmm. Very, very promising. <clears throat> uh, something that wasn't so promising was the game tonight. Um, <laughs> well, Mark, well, even though you've just sat there and spoke for the past five minutes, we'll, we'll ask your thoughts again because it was actually your turn and you were at the match representing Misery Hunters. So, <laughs> um, what was it like? <laughs> Having been so positive for the last, I, was, I think it was about 40 minutes I spoke for it there. Um, I'll bring it all back down to earth. That was, that was torture at times. Um, Aki's are an absolute nothing club. I, I don't care that, <laughs> that to- Stephen Thompson's shelling out for his, his 30 pieces of silver on the BBC and saying that a draw was a fair representation and blah, blah, blah. Aki's did the square root of fuck all for the entire game. They scored a goal because they had the wind at their back and, you know, they, they were a bit luckier than, than we were with a, a shot in the box. I don't think one of their players showed for the ball in 90 minutes. It was just shite. Whereas I don't think we had our best performance, but the, the gap and in, in, I think in talent between the the two teams was very telling. And I think that's why it's disappointing. We should have absolutely put that game to mm-hmm. to bed. The, the the wind, although you couldn't really feel it in the stands as much, I, I don't think just strong the wind was will have, have maybe translated onto the, the coverage that keepers um, at the you know, the, the kind of um, away stand end were really struggling to get the ball up over the halfway line with kickouts, and you could see that the opposite keepers were getting much, much longer and it was putting a bit of a lottery. I think a lot of the balls that ended up behind our defence were, were because of that. It wasn't because they were expertly paced Hollywood zingers from the, the feet of talented midfielders. It was guys that were suddenly able to kick it 80 yards because of because of nature. Um the the goal well taken. You will probably have a better idea than me, having seen having seen replays of it. But it seemed to be very well taken at the the time, and, and the the offside goal looked marginal. But um, I was I was probably as far away from that as you could be in the ground. So maybe that's just yeah. To be fair, that's like, just optimism with the coverage. Like we, we I don't th- even think there was a replay of it. It was no, yeah, no that was uh, you know. So uh, it looked it, it looked to be quite a bit offside, but then like there was no angles for it so it's really really hard to judge whether that was offside or not yeah the um the, the other guys that have been to games already this season i know i've, I've spoken about it before but and i know we, it's at times this does sound a bit like a shaughnessy fan club but sitting in an empty ground where no one's talking you can hear every word that's said on the pitch and he coaches boys through the game anik as well i'd, I'd never appreciated that at all but anik i was mentioning on our or a group chat the, the amount of time that Anik puts into talking Erehon through his positioning and even just giving him kind of positive feedback when he, he has picked out passes or he has done something it, it, you know it was a very telling positive voice across the team and you can see him definitely as a, a bit of a leader mm-hmm. in the dressing room which I don't know that I would have um, I would have picked up on before um, but I, I I think there's there's plenty of the game that you guys will have a better idea about a couple of tackles that you know, over-alter quickly when you're sitting there and there's no one to talk to about it at the, at the game. But um, just a chance missed. If, if I think it boils down to we should have we should have scored more, we shouldn't have conceded and, and, and we're, we should be disappointed as a result, but it's easily done. And if you heard a can opening in the background there, that was Craig opening a can, which I can only presume is a mixer for his teardrop gin. No, that's, uh, that's my nightcap. All right. <laughs> Right, I like the way Mark on the fucking lack of talent that Hamilton Mackies have. There is not one of their players in their eleven that is any good at football. They don't have a guy who can 
who's got a good touch, they don't have any good passers of the balls, they're just, they've got 11 guys who are good at nothing other than sticking their backs to the wall and stopping the ball getting in the net sometimes. I just, uh, they kind of got their equaliser out of nothing, just that I really working hard and watching us fall asleep for a split second, I think Erehan maybe could have done a bit better with the header that uh, Adolphin knocks down and obviously Anderson's shot's completely shite, getting into Annex hand and Shauna kind of deflection takes it away for Shauna but I think on another day it's a game that you win with the chances in the first half, you know, we hit the woodwork twice, the Tate went close a couple of times, uh, it's a game that you could have been, you know, two or three and a half and a bit out of sight at half time, but it just seems to happen this time of the year that Hamilton Aki's are probably capable of taking points off a of Bayern Munich and we've just kind of fell victim to Aki's yearly revival at a time we needed a win. But now nah, we're still sitting, we've been up, we're sitting in six, we've, it's in our hands now, you know, we've got a game in hand on the United who've got a much harder run of games than us. So, you know, there's not really any excuse of how it'd be very St. Murnay to make an asset, but. They seem to have really turned the corner and hopefully we can kind of kick on for the next game at the weekend. It was just some of the final sort of decision making from the team that I think let us down slightly a wee bit. There was one point where Dermis, like he, he could have easily just slotted Obika in um, and instead he passed out wide to Cammy McPherson who then took the shot on and hit it over the bar. But like, you know, like uh, yeah, Obika's probably not had his best game and sometimes the ball gets stuck at his feet but he's kind of got that thing with Danny Mullen about him where if you slot in a ball for him where he hits first time he's getting it on target because uh, he's not got a lot of time to think about it he's just he just needs to swing a foot at it um, so it's just it's just the the kind of final like touch, touches and final sort of decision making that seems to have let us down a wee bit but like you said we hit the post we hit the crossbar you know uh, we really should have won that match when we went 1-0 up we probably should have controlled the game slightly a bit better we let them kind of back into it um, and it, it really does feel like two points dropped and we, we kind of mentioned it in the last podcast as well where we said that every time we kind of go up against Ackies we always kind of play not to lose and we just wanted to because we're not really in that relegation fight at the moment you'd think that we'd just go out to win and you, you thought that was the case with um, starting two up front but unfortunately one of those men that were up front was Lee Irwin um, so I'm going to go to our resident um, striker defender so he, he likes defending our strikers but I think this might be one too far for him Sam, what did you think of Lee Irwin's performance? I'm trying I've kind of said to people I've tried my hardest to stick up for him but there's no other like description from him other than the fact that he is just shite. Like, I don't. I think it was my first podcast I came on uh, when we had Bet Livingston and he played up front for about that day. And I just, I think I said that day. I just don't know what it is he's good at. He's no. He doesn't have a touch. He can't win the ball there. He's no fast. He doesn't score. You know. I just really, really don't know what merited keeping them on the park for as long as he did tonight. Obviously, I don't know how fit or how capable the kind of younger lads are. And I don't know if we were maybe keeping Connolly to come on to later with a view for having him fit for the weekend. But there's, you know, surely no way that hopefully when Quainer gets fit for next week that Erwin should be anywhere near Paisley on a match day <laughs> or anywhere near St. Man Park for training because he's fucking hopeless. <laughs> I just Tonight it was just one of the ones that was so frustrating watching a guy who had trampolines in his feet trying to touch the ball. You know, the ball's pinging off him, it's going five foot away from him every time. Then I think it was just before we came on, I was talking about the one he took the ball 
on the right hand side, managed to run into the middle and played a belter a pass into Callahan to let him run forward thirty yards with the ball. <laughs> I just uh, I'm losing. I've lost our patience. So I try to be a bit lenient, obviously, because Goodwin had said he was struggling with COVID, but no, that's in October. That's now near February, coming into March. From near enough at the end of the season, he's not good enough, and hopefully we can cut ties with him and get him to fuck it at the end of the season. Rafe Rovers or something like that. <laughs> aye, aye, I can't disagree with any of that. He's he's an absolute fucking imposter. He's a total <laughs> costume of a football player. It does. <laughs> I can't get away with how bad he was. Um, I don't know, I thought the game in general, I thought, I actually think Aki's, to their credit, they started off a wee bit brighter, but, you know, they talked maybe five, ten minutes of a, a game where we really should have won. Um, I don't know how we didn't score in that first half. I mean, you have touched on how many times did we hit the post, but twice hit the post, hit the woodwork, uh, the, the deflection from, was it Easton? Mm-hmm. Um, just unlucky that nothing went in and then second half picked up where we left off but actually I think it was probably unlucky we scored when we did because after that we just kind of fell at the game I thought um, I actually think the Aki's goal was maybe building up for a wee bit but um, they maybe deserved it at the time um, nothing much was really in it after that I thought but just disappointing Um need to keep a sense of perspective I mean we're sitting with what five games to go before the split we're sitting in the top six we've got half a team out injured playing against a team that's absolutely desperate to you know avoid going down doing what they do every fucking year because they are the jobby that will not flush it's just ah, I just I, I want to just go back to Erwin for a minute he's shite he, I want to see him gone in the summer I'm totally on board with that it's, it's, I think to be honest it's the I said this in the group chat earlier on it's the Probably the biggest mistake Goodwin's made this season. He's not made too many. I know we kind of maybe had a different opinion towards the start of the season when it wasn't that good. But I, why Ross has been on saying, the podcast. He was wanting him gone. He's got he's not the <laughs> so you can, you can name I, him. We were a wee bit more reserved, but no, I think <laughs> to have signed Derbin on, I think he's a two or a three year deal. I think oh, that's two, one that fucking two. Fucking two we'll struggle to shift him this summer. I mean, he's just yeah, we're going um, to pay him off, aren't we? That's why I, we're you you said that I think before off. the start of this, didn't you? It was uh, he's living off a season for five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and he's just he's not even that good on either. Aye. <laughs> Aye, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, his biggest achievement was getting lamped off Moshing. mostly, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I think the frustration with um, with Erwin for me is that I, I think by and large our movement up up top just now is really good. I think Abika. Um, yeah, I usually put the disclaimer out that he's got his his flaws, but he's just got something about him. I, I thought it'd be good tonight, maybe a couple of chances he could have done a bit better with, but the, he was pressing constantly, ran himself into the ground. He was carried the ball well, mm-hmm. kind of laid the ball off to to others. Well, you've got McAllister, Dermis, and Tate playing playing as far forward as as maybe ever has, and I, I thought they were all creating really good spaces, and I just think. Erwin stuck out like a sore thumb in the the middle of that. He was, it was slow. He, he looked kind of, you know, kind of Obika levels of clumsy when Obika's at his worst, um, which which isn't often now. Um, that that that's kind of how Erwin seems to have been for for quite a long time now. And, and I'm similar to Salmon. <laughs> I'll try not to to write players off, and I'm, I'm certainly not generally one for for kind of calling out players for, um, you know, not being good enough to to wear the shirt and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think there's. A kind of reality check, like there was with Junior earlier in the season, that 
he's, he's probably had enough chances at this point to, to prove something. I'm, I'm not saying one player makes a difference, but you stick a fit Brophy or a fit Dennis in that, that starting 11 tonight in terms of, in, in, instead of Erwin, and I think there's there's a lot more chances created and I think there's there's probably more chances put away as well. I think he was he was definitely a weak link, which was was unfortunate. I, I would stick Richard Tate up front based on <laughs> tonight's performance. He was excellent. I think was it his header that was saved on the line by mm-hmm. by Fulton? It was and I think it was maybe him that hit the hit the post as well. I think he did, um, yeah. With, with the, with the post, kind of yeah. low drive. The um the, the Aki's stats guy behind me at the at the game very loudly told whoever he was speaking to on the phone that that was Dermis that did that and he got <laughs> called out by about three people at the, the same time um, about probably couldn't have been more wrong from the, the gingery sort of Scottish sounding right back and the very Turkish looking <laughs> left back um, but I I, I I think Erwin this was probably Erwin's kind of Marias moment tonight I think where even the, the people that do have a bit of goodwill towards him that, that want him to turn it around Probably accept that it's it's not going to happen at this point. Aye, it's it's it's, it's probably reached the point of no return. I would say he stepped on that pitch tonight and he looked as if he'd never kicked a football in his life. It was like playing with a man down at times, just with a total lack of movement and the total lack of willingness to chase him down and you know make an effort. It was as poor a performance as I've seen for a while. I think he shuffles about a bit. Mm-hmm. It looks, I, I it looks, it looks fitness. I genuinely yeah. felt bad for him on Saturday. Like, I'd, I'd seen a lot of people criticise him on Saturday. And, you know, I actually thought he had a couple of kind of decent touches. He held the ball up well for some parts, but yeah, fucking doesn't he move? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think my biggest gripe with players is I've not got on their back, but see if it looks as if they're not trying, if they're just kind of half arsed. That's I hate seeing that. I'd, I'd rather see somebody like Junior run about up front, get on the ball, hold it up. You know, Junior for all these flaws could hold the ball up. Sometimes had a decent first touch, drove us forward. You know, Erwin can't do any of them, mm-hmm. and we should call back Junior and get Lee Erwin. Would would is it possible? Are we allowed to do that? Can we recall him and send Erwin the other way? Will hey, Borum Wood? Will Borum Wood even accept that deal? <laughs> no. Next time Ross is going down to visit him uh, in Borum, <laughs> we can maybe take Erwin with him and just leave him down there. What you said there about like effort there, um, like and how he, he just doesn't show it. Like there was one point in the match where the ball kind of broke out loose and he was like the closest player to it. And Kyle McAllister fucking sprinted by him to get to it. Like if, if Kyle McAllister is the player that's out sprinting you and your own team to get a ball, there's no fucking hope for you. And like I always feel like I try to defend players as much as I can on this podcast. I don't want us to be on our players' backs all the time. Like we've we've done it with Shaughnessy. We like we're, when he's getting a lot of criticism. We are saying no, he's actually a really good player. We've done it with Obika. We tried to do it with Marias. We've done it with Dennis. Uh, but yeah, it's, it seems like absolute futile. Like there's no point in doing it with Erwin because it, it genuinely genuinely doesn't seem like he cares that much. See, the thing is, when we actually signed Erwin, I don't think there was a single Simon fan that looked at that and went, "That makes sense. That's yeah, a good it was, signing." It was a very strange signing, wasn't it? Yeah. He, do you know what? He's going to end up at Hamilton. That's a Hamilton player if I've ever I've seen one. Aye, he scored against us every time he yeah. plays. Just a he looked like all the Hamilton him. players this evening. <laughs> he, he looked as if he was already fitting in well. The best Hamilton player this evening was Bruce Anderson, and he's a fucking Aberdeen player. <laughs> out, out that Hamilton squad, is there any players you would take if they happen to go down? Other, I, I tried to look at it, and I was like, well, Bruce Anderson, but he's Aberdeen player. Um, Scott McMahon, yeah. maybe. Other than that, I don't think there'd be anyone. Oh, you're shaking your head at that. You wouldn't like Scott McMahon. 
the, the, the Bears then Mar- Marcello is an awful footballer I'm not yeah, having that at all uh, David Temple that's of a half fuck week. I forgot he was even there is he injured yeah, yeah, for the rest of the season mm-hmm. aye, I'd have David Temple for a heartbeat but the rest of them can nah no chance nah, maybe Scott McMahon maybe he that is <laughs> who, was the, who was the guy that done the commentary for them at half time I'd probably take him for next season <laughs> <laughs> the jobby guy the jobby guy yeah. I'd love him <laughs> aye did you see like <laughs> apparently like that's not really the reason why he got sacked is it though? No, because apparently he was shite because like he would just name, get all the players' names wrong, like and fans were just fed up of him. I wonder who that sounds like. Anyway, Ibrox that night as well. Who was that? Oh, I turned up to Ibrox at the wrong stadium. I was not even playing Rangers. See, the best part is hey, partly an agency. We can a hundred percent get him. Crowdfund to get him in, get him to do a game. Would they even I'd turn be, up at the right I'd, stadium? We'd be walking about Love Street going, where the fuck's this stand? Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, you seen that? Uh, but uh, fair, well, we might slag our commentary team, but Gary Peebles was very good tonight, I'll say that. More of Where's him. More of him. And less of people that will call people like Macal and just like as if they know them. Like, don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I've, still, I've still got a bony pick about McGrath. But I know that's contentious. Yeah, well, everybody else on Twitter said it was McGrath, and I still say McGrath. So, we asked him, and he didn't reply. So it's McGrath until he replies. Very true. (laughs) Um, And then, well, I guess we have to kind of touch on it. And this is your time to shine, Craig. Uh, Aberdeen now, St Mirren now. What were your thoughts in that match? Can you remember it? (laughs) Uh, I gave some really in-depth analysis here, so. Drank a lot on Friday night. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> t- 10 to 3, paid for the game, 13 quid, slept through the whole thing. <laughs> so I've only seen the highlights. <laughs> um, no, but for, for what I saw, it was just, it was a, you're happy to take a point for Pitaudry, aren't you? I mean, um, horrendous conditions, it's no an easy place to go at the best of times. It's been a while since we really took Kenton for there and take the point and move on mm. um, I don't think you could have got a game of football in those uh, conditions I think the, the whole week the forecast was either there's going to be 50, 60 mile on our winds and obviously Petaudry is the coldest place on the planet anyway besides uh, Greenhill Road yeah. in February um, I, that's about all I can give you in terms of analysis because I've barely seen anything to do with it like I have watched the highlights and stuff and I, and I still couldn't remember that covers it and, I think that covers and it and I genuinely forgot about the wind until you mentioned that <laughs> I was like fuck that was a windy match I remember saying that we should just completely shoot on site um, Aye, it's, it's no often it translates on the TV how bad mm-hmm. the wind is but that was an exception it was yeah. like clear that it was really kind of hampering the you know the performance on the pitch from both sides um, and it's I now know written all over it so yeah let's take a point come back for Pataudry happy with that any day of the week Sorry, I'm just I've actually got the highlights face. on in the background here and it's just been replaced by an apology letter from Neil Doncaster <laughs> absolutely stinking <laughs> um, in fact the first five seconds of the highlights is Ryan Flynn having that shot um, within the six yard box from a knock on from Erwin to Dermis I actually can't, the, the match was so shite that I've Knock that from my memory that Erwin had a good touch. Mm-hmm. See the annoying part about that touch for Erwin, right? That, that, that my biggest gripe. I watched that. I've watched that back two or three times. See as soon as he flips the ball on to Dermis, 
Burnus obviously gets the ball straight in. Irvin's fucking walking into the penalty spot. Flynn's hit a shot that's broke with the keeper saving it into the six-yard box. Aberdeen are slow to get to it. And by that point, Irvin can easily run in and put the ball back in it. But you know, he's just standing there at the edge of the box, walking about, doing nothing. But it was a pretty poor game. I think the wind kind of took any sort of if it was going to be a spectacle at all, you know, the wind kind of really stuffed it. I can't recall Aberdeen having a chance of doing Anik had a safety make at any point. And obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I genuinely can't remember Aberdeen having a shot at goal. So that's if somebody had said to you, you're going to take a, you know, the last few away games, it's been Pitodre, Paradise, Celtic Parton, we've you know, came away with seven points out of them. So mm-hmm. can't really complain. The thing, I think the, the brilliant thing about that point was that you're coming away for Pataudry probably not so much in the performance or anything but disappointed that you've only picked up a point how far have we came that we can actually say that we were also we do have to mention we were very very lucky that we didn't concede a penalty yes uh, I I will point out I would say that that was totally on us because of our you know, we were talking about referees not wanting to be front page of things and stuff, and we we named our podcast after the last terrible refereeing decision, and I'm I'm sure the, the referee saw that and decided, you know what, I'll, I'll give someone a slide on this one. So you're welcome, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely a penalty. <laughs> that was very scary. I don't know if his hands are that far up. I don't know if it's just like they've all been there. Look, somebody throws something at you, something can at you throw your hands up, but. No, in the 91st minute when you're a professional footballer, you're not a point, please don't do that again. I'd appreciate it. We say these things do even out over a season, and it was very, very similar to the, um, the Porteous one against us, so maybe, maybe, maybe they do. <laughs> uh, does anyone else have anything else to touch on in those matches? I fucking hate Hamilton Ackies. So fuck Hamilton Ackies and fuck Lee Irwin. That's not the end of the podcast. I know we normally do that, but it's just them. <laughs> Just is shit to see Doyle Hayes um, missing more football. I, know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, There's anything I could probably pick up for the night's game. It's just that I think we scored maybe 10 minutes after that, we were fine, but there was a wee bit after that where we looked absolutely fucked. Like, you know, it's been a ridiculous amount of games in a short space of time, and I, I think now that it might actually really be beginning to take its toll quite badly. Mm. That's three tough games we've got coming up. You know, Livia, what courses Livia have got a squad that they can rotate and they're fit as anything. They're one of the, they're probably the fittest team in the league. They've run teams off the park. Kind of a bit, yeah, don't pass to have to play them on Saturday, but. The one maybe the one saving grace is that Livy have got the cup final the week after, so they might you you kind of hope they're going to have a one eye on that. They've been on yeah. poor form as well, and um, yeah, we have had the uh, we've beat them twice. At, wait, have we played them twice at Simon Park already? No, mm-hmm. I can't be right. No, we've played twice in the league. Oh, we've beat them both times in the league. That's it. Um, you've got like with these injury issues. Um, Hopefully, like Doyle Hayes, one isn't too bad. Like, uh, how long is he out for? Is it? Have we got com- six weeks? I think. Six weeks, quite a while. Although he was, was it not yeah. six weeks last time when he, he appeared again, or was that Dennis? I can't remember. But I think um, no, that, that was Doyle Hayes. Yeah. I think this time they've said they think is is it his heel? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's a, 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 a stress fracture on his heel. And, I don't um, know. There's a kind of quick way to get around. Athletic invalid at this point. Um, luckily, Ryan Flynn isn't injured. He came on. Um, tonight, like there was a wee bit of like thought round about that, especially the anguish in his face. It looked like, oh fuck, he's done the same thing again. But 
Luckily, he hasn't. Like, McGrath's scans came back and it looks better than it should be, so it's only two weeks he should be out for, so we won't see him this week, but possibly the next weekend against um, Ross County, um, which will be a good game to have him in. Um, you've got Quanner hopefully coming back. We don't obviously don't know what kind of fitness he'll have or what kind of impact he'll have, but we'll play him over Lee Irwin, fucking hopefully. Um, <laughs> over Lee Irwin. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... It'll be interesting the Ovington game, but I, I generally I, I feel confident going into it. I feel confident going into every game, which is a weird feeling. Hi. Mm-hmm. But I have another game for us planned. Mark, will you redeem yourself this time? You've lost two in a row. <laughs> but we've got Craig and that, that, was, the, that was the worst one between the two years last <laughs> week. That was gifting each other answers. I am the Lee Irwin of this game. <laughs> Shit. Um, so I, I feel that maybe it was a bit harsh last week as well that I picked players that had like played like for like how many clubs at a time? Like 16, 12, 15. So I've, I feel these are much easier choices. But we're going to go with Craig first because he's missed out in the past two weeks. Okay. Eight clubs. Rel- okay. Oh, shit. Drop my pen. Uh, relatively recently played for us. Rocco Quinn. Rocco Quinn. Yep. Uh, three. You can name three out of eight. Uh, yeah. Sam, <laughs> can you name more than three clubs for Rocco Quinn? Nah. No. Nah. Mark? I'll take four. Oh, he's taking the four. I'll take four. Craig, can you name five? Or are you calling them out on four? Mm, no, nah, I don't think I can get five. I've, I've no part of the. Rocco Quinn Mark, fan club. It's your time to shine. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, Superman. Correct. Celtic. Correct. Ross County. Correct. Hamilton. Correct. I nearly said incorrect oh. there. I was, uh, even though I've written it down, I didn't realise that. Yes. Uh, oh, he's done it. <laughs> it's his first ever point gained to not just waiting for someone else to fuck up. Who was the other? I was going to say St. Johnston. Livingston. Uh, yeah, so he played for Celtic, Kilmarnock, St. Johnson, Livingston, Hamilton, Queen of the South, Ross County and St. Mirren. See, for some reason I had in my head Coventry, but he's never played outside of Scotland, has he? No, has not. He was alright, by the way. Yeah, I like he was just, was just an injury issue, wasn't it, that he had? So, yeah. Um, reminded me of a lot, like, see when Ryan Flynn came first in, a very, very similar player, I always thought, but... Even though I know one was more centred, but still. It's the only um, time Ryan Flynn and Rocco Quinn are going to be compared. <laughs> And beards. Mm-hmm. Dark hair and beard. <laughs> uh, so, Sam, you are next to go first. Played, again, relatively recently. Seven clubs he played for. Rory Loy. And he played for a lot of clubs twice, but we're only accepting one club. A uh, five. Five out of seven? Oofed. Uh, Mark, can you name six? <laughs> no, I no. can't name five either. Uh, Not going to anyone either. Craig, can you name? Yep. Yep. Uh, can you name six? <laughs> five. That's <laughs> <laughs> a weird face I made, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is like tactics to put you off, Sam, but uh, let's go. Let's hear your five. Uh, Kalil. Correct. Rangers. Correct. St. Mirren. Correct. Falkirk. Correct. 
in Dundee. Correct. Also played for Dunfermline and finished his career at Dunbarton. Ah, I could have fucking six then because I completely don't know why I said Carlisle because I was meant to say Dunbarton. <laughs> well, you said the right one anyway. So. Aye. <laughs> so easy, yeah, I'm always at a disadvantage because I don't play football manager. <laughs> nah, I had a weird time for Rory Loy for years. I was busting for us to sign him and then we eventually did. Mm-hmm. Twice. So when I we don't had him on loan, and I, I never played. We, we had him and Graham. Right the first time, wasn't he? Well, here, here's a nice link. We had him and another player on um, loan at the exact same time. I have written that player down. Uh, so, Mark, you get to go first. Another t- player, seven clubs, still currently playing. Graham Carey. Graham Carey. Um, uh, four. Four. I reckon someone can do at least six of these. Uh, Craig, can you do more than four for Graham Carey? Um, no, I think I can do four. I know who he's currently at. Yeah, I can do five. Five? Oh. Yep. Six. Oh. Sounds does anyone, I, I won't go in order. I'll, does anybody want to come in and try and do the whole all seven? No. Hmm. I'd be very surprised if you got all seven. Six, I see is reasonable. Seven. I mm. guess I can get five. Right, so Sam, to go two, one up. Six. Behemans. Correct. That was one of the ones I would have said would have been the one you wouldn't have got for seven. But there you go. CSK, Sophia. Correct. Plymouth. Correct. Ross County. Correct. Celtic. Correct. And St Mirren. Correct. And the only other team you missed out there was Huddersfield Town. Aye. Fuck it. That, that was fit by manager. That's the only reason I know who that is. <laughs> but uh, Bohemians was the one I didn't think <sighs> he'd get, and that was the very first one you said, so fair play. That's how you play this game, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> uh, who's up next? Oh, is, is it Craig next to go first? Yes. Aye. So again, relatively... Well, uh, yeah, still a current player. Seven clubs. Stephen McGinn. Four? Four. Sam, can you do more than four? Five. Five. Mark? I was going to say five as well, and I I can't think of the sixth, so... In fact, I'm going to gamble. Okay, six. six. I'm going to make well. one up at the end. Does anyone want to go for the full seven? I think this could be doable. Aye. Did you just say aye? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just um, can I just ask a kind of rules question before uh-huh. this? See, because I had the second highest guess, if Craig fucks us, do I get the point? Uh, see, this game is really <coughs> only supposed to be for two players. It's a bit hard when there's a third person in here. Um, Having put my neck on the line at six... I think I deserve if, if the other players agree to that. Sam, if Craig gets oh, a... Sam. Uh, I'm all right, I'm comfy. I've got a decent football manager knowledge that I could probably make up the point elsewhere. Right, okay. So if Craig gets this wrong... I need to get every one of them. Yep. You <laughs> That's the name of the game. Sweet. Seven. Come on. Uh, um, oh, I Unless you're counting one team twice, uh, I know what you're doing, right? So St. Martin, 
I'm not counting one team twice, but okay. Sitburn, uh, correct. Sitburn, Watford. Yep. Sheffield. Wickham. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh. What, Sheffield? <laughs> I'm not getting away with that. There's two. Yeah, <laughs> United. Correct. United. And you said Wickham, which is also correct. Wickham, Dundee, mm-hmm. uh, St. Martin again. No, that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> clubs. He's uh, still technically playing. Uh, Hibs. Yes. Um... Shrewsbury. He's done it. He's done it. Fucking hell, man. Name all seven. (laughs) (laughs) And it was at Shrewsbury, if anyone's ever watched Practical Jokers, where I think they randomly hit penalties at them and and Stephen McGinn's there. It's very strange. Um, Professional soccer team Shrewsbury, as they said. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Bonus point for something twice. Doesn't really doesn't really mean much because uh, best out of five, Sam still wins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only chance could have, if you'd got that wrong, it would have went a tiebreaker between Mark and Sam, but the, the, the last player is left. I'm glad I totally just ruined that for everyone then. <laughs> no, that was worth it. The celebration was well yeah. worth it, mate. <laughs> I think the first person to name all, play, all teams. All teams. Fair enough. Fair play. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Teardrop Gin for sponsoring the podcast again. Uh, really do appreciate that. Uh, go get a bottle because they'll deliver it the next day at your door. Unless you, you live in Alloa. Well, that's your fault. Having <laughs> 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 yep. uh, We also have um, like merch available if you go to Hunters com. it's always on our Twitter and stuff we have the new sort of silky LK range and keep an eye out because we have something quite cool coming soon limited edition I'm sure you'll like it uh, but as always fuck Alex Ray <sighs> no, no, no fuck else. Craig forget. fuck Craig <laughs> for ruining the <laughs> ruining the game <laughs> I'll go. I'll go and remind then because I want to just do a week and a special one here. Do you know, like fuck that guy that is uh, the what's his name on Twitter? Paisley Steelman, Paisley's own mother. <laughs> <man. laughs> I hate that guy. Probably, he probably listens to this. He's very obsessed with us, and apparently a grass. So, um. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, from him to someone else, who I'm, I'm pretty sure listens to the podcast. Fuck Boris Johnson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Podcast Network.